Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. We're back in Revelation today. This is the letter to the church in Sardis on Revelation chapter 3 verses 1 to 6. And we're thinking about complacency and the danger, the spiritual danger of complacency today. Just to let you know once again that there is more content available on the Understand the Bible YouTube channel and we're drawing towards the end of a series on the Ten Commandments. This week I did the commandment number eight on uh, stealing. So you might like to have a look at that if you haven't looked at it already and that's uh, the link for that will be down below in the description. There is also a Patreon account if you'd like to support Understand the Bible and do have a look at that. The links are all down below in the description. So thanks so much everyone. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon and I hope that you enjoy. God bless. Well, have you ever um, come across a company which is trading more on its past reputation than what uh, the, the quality of the product that they deliver at the time? I know this happens from time to time. You know, there's companies that uh, have been good in years gone by and still have a reputation for being, uh, you know, making quality products, but they don't make quality products anymore. Um, I remember um, I once went to get some shoes rehealed uh, at the, um, you know, the Timpsons, and um, uh, the the chap what called me uh, shortly after I dropped the shoes in and all of the, the heels had all kind of collapsed. And, uh, and he said to me, oh, you know, this particular kind of shoe, who I won't name because I don't want to, you know, get in trouble. Um, but, um, you know, he said they used to be good, but not anymore. And um, that's, that's the way it goes, isn't it? You know, it's um, often you think that a, a company has a reputation, but they, the reputation is no longer deserved. It's looking back um, quite a few years. And that's a bit like what's going on in this passage. And what uh, Jesus is telling this church in Sardis is don't rely on that reputation, which maybe you built up, but actually there need to be things happening now. It's about where you are now that's the, that's the, uh, the, the big point. Now Sardis, um, I found a, a bit of background information about Sardis which I found quite helpful, that Sardis um, again, as we're moving around the different, different cities. There was um, a big temple in, uh, in Sardis, a sort of imperial Roman uh, temple. I think they'd helped them rebuild the city. And there was also a big, I think, Jewish synagogue. So there was a big presence of Jews and the, the imperial cult. But there wasn't much conflict, it seems. So unlike some of the other cities that we've looked at over the last few weeks, there wasn't a... Um, you know, much persecution going on of the church. It seemed like they dwelt together in harmony. And, and perhaps that was, as we'll see, maybe that, that um, speaks actually as to part of what the problem is. Now, Sardis was a city that had been taken over, kind of captured twice, uh, once in about 600 BC and once about 300 BC or so. And uh, it was captured at night. That what happened was that the um, the, the invading army, they realised that you could get in, um, sort of in, um, I can't remember how, how it was, but they did it at night and they got in while the people were sleeping. And as you'll see, that comes up in the, in the letter. Uh, so how does it begin? It says, um, Jesus begins this letter, these are the words of him who, who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Now remember, I think each 
letter starts out in a way which has got some relevance to the, the situation that's going on with, uh, with the church. And I think Jesus begins in this way because you know, the Spirit is, you know, Jesus is the one who gives the Spirit. And the Spirit is the one who empowers the church for, for mission, who empowers the church for, for, to do what the church should be doing. And so he, um, he goes on, I know your deeds, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. So it's, it's exactly what we saw at the start, it's that they had a reputation, which was that they are alive, but the reality was different to the reputation, that they were still living on their former glory. And that was the problem. And so he says, wake up. You know, think about how the city had been, had been captured you know, while they were sleeping. He says, look, you are sleepwalking into your destruction. You are sleepwalking to your destruction. He says, um, you are at strength in what remains and is about to die. So you are dead, you're about to die. And what this is saying is that complacency is a spiritually a very dangerous place to be. Complacency is spiritually, it's a very dangerous place to be, spiritually speaking. And it's something that we need to be very careful about. And so um, he says, how does he, he, he know, if you like, they're being complacent? And he says this, um, I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. I found your deeds unfinished. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, let's think about what, how God wants us to live. So if we look and take one example from the Old Testament and one from the New, this is what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 18, uh, verse 13. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. You must be blameless before the Lord. That's what it says in Deuteronomy. And then Jesus says, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 48. And Jesus says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So the goal of our, our lives is perfection. The goal is to be the people that God wants us to be. Now, you're probably all sitting there thinking, you know, we can't, we can't attain that, can we? But this is the point, I think, that I think this church here in Sardis were living on what Dietrich Bonhoeffer called cheap grace. And that is, I know I've read you the quote from Bonhoeffer many times, and it's one of my favourites. But it's basically when you know, the, the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, saying, oh, God forgives you, it's okay, and then not asking anyone to actually change their lives. And it's what Bonhoeffer calls cheap grace. So they were saying, oh, it's okay, Jesus forgives us, so we can live how we like now. And the problem is cheap grace quickly becomes no grace. Because when we, we don't understand the grace which has been given to us, when we don't understand our own sin, our need for God's grace, then quickly we think, well, we don't need forgiveness. 
So actually, cheap grace quickly becomes no grace. That's why it's such an important, an important thing to, to be thinking about. And so Jesus says, Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. Remember, hold fast and repent. And I think this is you know, a really good uh, a really good sort of metaphor for the Christian life, actually. I think that's what we need to do every day, isn't it? You know, remember the gospel, hold fast to it, repent of our sin, turn to the Lord. And that's something that we do every day. It's not something that we did once, you know, the day I first prayed a prayer, the day I first let Jesus into my life. But it's something that we do every day as we walk with God. It's what it means to walk with God, uh, really. It's the Christian life. And then Jesus goes on, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. You will not know at what time I will come to you. Um, again, just picking up on the, the same image that he uses many times in, in the Gospels. For example, um, Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 to 44. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of, of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So that's what Jesus says in the Gospels, that we need to be constantly uh, alert and ready and, and waiting for him to return. We need to be looking for that and not forget we looked at this before Christmas, didn't we, in our Advent series. We were thinking about how we, we live in the light of Jesus' return, how we live differently. And being ready, being alert, that's one of the important things. Uh, and so then uh, Jesus goes on. He says uh, in our letter in Revelation, Revelation uh, 3 verse 4, Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. Um, and they will walk with me dressed in white. Now, white is a symbol of uh, moral purity. So it's, it's talking about having not you know, defiled themselves, but actually you know, sought out, hungered and thirsted after righteousness. And to use Jesus' phrase from the, from the Beatitudes. And he uses the phrase, uh, the word there, uh, worthy. They are worthy. That's a word which is used elsewhere. For example, um, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, Paul uses that word. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And I think this is where it's one of these things where if we oversimplify the gospel message, I think we're going to do ourselves a disservice and not understand because, you know, the gospel, it is opposed to earning. You know, we never earn salvation. You and I, we never earn salvation. It is a free gift of the grace of God. And forgiveness is a free gift of God's grace. And we must never, ever forget that. That's fundamental. That's key. But that doesn't mean it's opposed to, to effort on our part. That doesn't mean that having received the grace of God that we then can put our feet up, if you like. That actually, we need to remember that we still must walk with God day by day and seek him and seek his will. And that's something where 
you know, although we're not earning his salvation, we are seeking to live a life worthy of the calling that he's received, uh, that we've received. And we also need to remember that it's actually God who provides that purity in the end, isn't it? That it's not something that comes from our own, their own efforts. That actually, what it's about is recognising that we are, uh, we're not perfect. Knowing that we are a long way from being perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And seeking God, repenting, turning to God and asking Him for His strength. You think about what Paul said, uh, you know, that um, I worked hard, I thank God I worked harder than any of them. Yet not I, but Christ in me. And I think that's, that's, the, way, that's the way forward, isn't it? It's not actually saying, you know, we need, to, uh, we need to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. But actually we need to turn to Christ. We need to turn to God and ask him day by day for, for his transforming power uh, to work in us. And so as the, uh, the letter finishes, the one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. And we talked about the, the book of life comes again in the later part of Revelation, in that later chapter, looking at the, the new creation. And uh, I think it's quite comforting to think, you know, there is a book of life and you know, thinking about the names who are written in that book. You know, that God has those who are his. The Lord knows those who are his. And um, it's saying that those who, uh, who are victorious will be dressed in white. And this is, this is why we need to, to worry about this now. Uh, well, not worry, but, you know, we need to think about this now. Because in the new creation, we will be living those kind of lives that God wants us to live. And that our lives now should be a preparation. If in the, the new world, in the new creation, we are to live lives of holiness, if we don't take joy in that now, take joy in, in seeking to live that kind of life, then we won't be prepared, will we, for the new creation. There's, and that's what I think Jesus is saying at the end of the day, that the kind of lives we start to live now, in a small way, we will find fulfilment. When uh, the new creation comes, we will be living the kind of lives that we're starting to live, perhaps just like a toddler taking its first steps. Now that's the, the, the way that we are with holiness at the moment. But we will one day be able to, to walk and to run in the new creation. But we need to be preparing for that. And if we just take joy in earthly things, in earthly sort of um, uh, sinful pleasures, then actually that will not prepare us for the new creation. So let's uh, just draw a, a couple of conclusions. And I think the big warning message in, in this passage, in this letter, is against complacency. Because complacency is very easy to do in, in the Christian life, isn't it? It's easy to get to the point where you're just treading water. Maybe you think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit tired of it all now. I'm just going to, I'm just going to have a little lie down for a bit <laughs> or something like that. I mean, but you know what I mean? You know, we just, we get a bit tired of, the, of all the struggle sometimes, don't we? Because the Christian life is a struggle and it's easy to get tired of that. 
But what this passage is saying is don't be complacent. Yes, it's tiring, but trust God. Look to him. So as, as individuals, the question that we need to think about is, are we still struggling with sin? Are we struggling with it or are we just letting it dominate? Are we letting it uh, just ignoring, t- turning a blind eye to it in our lives? Do we take grace for granted? Now, are we saying, well, God will forgive me, so I don't need to worry? Because actually that's not, that's not the right way. We need, to be, uh, we need to be looking to God in every area and where the Holy Spirit is prompting us that perhaps there is something wrong in our lives. And rather than saying, oh, that's too much effort, I'm not going to do anything about that. We need to be going to the Lord and saying, God, please help me. Please forgive me and please give me the grace um, to do better. And as a church as well, are we uh, holding each other to a high standard? Are we seeking to help each other in this path, in this path of holiness? Uh, I think sometimes churches can get a little bit um, complacent as well. It's not just individuals. Um, One of the the areas that I think I I see this sometimes is with the um, certain... Uh, people more higher up in the hierarchy in the Church of England, if they do something wrong or they behave in a certain way, then everyone just kind of shrugs their shoulders and says, oh, well, what did you expect? You know, he's a bishop or he's a, you know, whoever. And you think, have we just come to tolerate this kind of behaviour? Have we dropped our standards and not actually expected the kind of um, holiness of life from our leaders? And um, I think we mustn't tolerate that which, is, that which is wrong in dropping our standards. You know, obviously there is repentance available for everyone and we must always say that. No one is, meets the standards that God requires, of course not. But at the same time, I think there is, does get to a point where a church can just tolerate and go along with what is wrong. And we must not be that kind of church either. The, the big message that we must do is in everything we must pursue holiness. And Jerry Bridges wrote a book, um, uh, he's, he died now, but um, he wrote a book, famous book called The Pursuit of Holiness. And I think that is what we should be all about as a church. Not to give up in that, not as individuals, and not as a church as well. That's our goal, that's our aim, to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And yes, we know that all of us have got fall short of that in all sorts of ways every day but that's what that's the goal that we pursue with his help and we press on towards that goal the pursuit of of holiness in everything so let's pray as we uh, as we close and ask god for his help in uh, in accomplishing that in us and so heavenly father we we know that uh, you ask a lot of us but we also know that Uh, We are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us not to take this grace for granted. But we pray that you would help us every day to to pursue holiness. And that you would bring that change in us to take delight in your law, uh, to take delight in your word, to take delight in you, uh, the fountain of all goodness. And we pray that you would help us to, to seek you with our whole hearts, not to become complacent. Uh, but that in everything we would pursue holiness as as individuals and as a church. So please help us now, Lord, and uh, help us to walk every day with you and grow nearer to you. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.